Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob News and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Behind the Books. I think we have another uh, exciting episode ready for you today. I think people are going to enjoy our guests. Uh, Anna, I don't know about you, but I know I enjoyed talking to both of our guests in today's episode. Uh, yeah, we had, today we have um, Lisa Schrager, who is from the Ewing branch, uh, which I thought she was a lot of fun to talk with, uh, especially learning about her background. I thought it was really interesting. And then our author um, today uh, is Dan Gutman, um, who my boys, when we were recording, were very, very excited that we were going to talk to him. And we really did just have a lovely discussion with him. So I look forward to everybody being able to hear um, some of the things that we were able to talk about with Dan Gutman. And Dan's had a long career. We don't want to date him or anything, but he's had a long career so that when my son, who's now out of college, was young, he read his books and your sons are now reading his books. So he's been around for a long time entertaining uh, readers. And I think people are going to enjoy our conversation with him. And we will be back with our chat with Lisa Schrager in a moment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is the part of the podcast Behind the Books, where we interview a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Uh, one of my favorite things, just getting to know my colleagues across the county. And today I'm talking with Lisa Schrager. She works at the Ewing Branch, and she is a reference librarian there. And Lisa, we are so mm -hmm. happy that you are able to join us today. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Anna and Bob. So one of the things that we like to ask um, our colleagues about is, uh, so you're a reference librarian. Yes. How long have you been there? And can you kind of tell us a little bit like your pathway to uh, becoming a librarian? Sure. Um, I've been with the UN branch um, and the system for, gosh, since um, December of actually March of 2006. So I'm in my 16th year been a great time. I started being, um, having an interest in being a librarian when back in, it must have been right before I started library school back in 2005, um, that I read an article in the New York Times about how um, there were, it was expected that a lot of librarians were going to be retiring in the next several years. And it was at that point in my life when I was a stay-at-home mom working part-time for a public relations firm. My son was getting older and I really wanted to get back into the workforce. And I knew I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to go back into book publishing, which is where I started my career after college in the 80s. I was in sales and marketing. I was a copywriter. Um, I had a great career. I loved it. Um, at one point I was managing a sales force um, of independent book, bookstore reps across the country. Um, I moved down here from North Jersey um, in the mid-90s, and I worked for, Han um, I'm sorry, I worked for Peterson's Guides, which they do the college, um, the guidebooks, and, and also Barlitz in their um, travel guides area, and I wrote a lot of that flap copy and did sales and marketing for that company. And um, 
And then I stayed at home with my son for a couple of years. Uh, I stopped working full time down here. And uh, that's when I saw the article and I thought, you know what? I want to go back to library school. I had worked with libraries. Uh, I went to many an ALA, American Library Association, conferences back in the 80s when I worked in book publishing. So I thought it was a perfect fit for me. I knew how libraries worked and I loved books, of course. And I knew the publishing background. Um, I had the publishing background, so I figured this is great for me. So that's how I landed here. So you really are the definition of uh, finding a second career that you really enjoy. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And it's a perfect, um, it, it's just perfect the way it all happened too. I mean, I was, I never expected when I started library school that I would be fortunate enough to land a part-time job in a library as a library associate. There was a need, there were, Ewing was looking for a part-timer. I thought this is perfect. And by the time I graduated, I was, you know, promoted to librarian. And then just the stars were looking out for me. And I just love that I am still surrounded by books, although we do so many other things now. It's, I've been in book with, around books my entire career. And I'm just, I love it. When you kind of think back to reading that article, do you feel like it's uh -huh. delivered for you? I mean, that it was everything that you thought it was going to be? Yes. Yes, definitely. The only thing is um, the job market wasn't as good as they had anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the obvious, I was fortunate um, to get into this position, right. but, you know, I was always keeping my, I just was, I was keeping my um, finger on the pulse of what was happening in the job market. And the other thing is, too, I should mention back in 1990 when I was in book publishing, this was really strange. Um, not strange, but it kind of was very um, precious, I should say that I wrote an article for Cosmopolitan magazine called, Shh, there are great jobs in libraries. Now this is well before I considered going to school to be a librarian. I was in book publishing. I was doing some writing on the side and um, I submitted a query to Cosmo about something I thought would be a good article. And they said, you know what, this isn't really up our alley, but why don't you come into our offices in Manhattan and go through something we call an idea book and it's just a bunch of ideas that they want someone to write about, like topics. So I picked the one about what's it like to be a librarian. This was July of 1990, and this was how many years before I even considered going into this profession. That yeah. is a great um, so, story. Uh -huh. And you know what, if you, if you can see the article if you'd like. I, I'm yeah. gonna look it up and I'm gonna make sure I yeah. put a little uh, citation in our show notes to it so that we can direct yeah. other people to it as well. And I actually ended up getting a special uh, from the Special Libraries Association. I got a like an award from them because I brought to light, you know, I wrote this piece and it really did focus heavily on special libraries. Yeah. Um, those in corporations and in pharmaceutical companies, legal, you know, law libraries. And I got this fabulous, fabulous little certificate that I look at once in a while. <laughs> you have this great little kind of um, novel going on with all this foreshadowing. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I, believe me, I have a lot for now. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things you talked about was that you're surrounded by books, and obviously that's yes. a big part of our job, but uh -huh. yeah. as you know, there's more to our job. So can you tell me a little bit more yes. about like some of the things that... I guess some of the surprises you found with librarianship and what you enjoy um, outside of being surrounded by literature every day, which I have to admit sure. is one of my favorite things too. That's a really good question because obviously when I started, things were a little different. I think what really did surprise me is the diverse 
job duties that we have as librarians. We do so many different things. And that's what I love about it. And that's what yeah. struck me from day one. I created the resume review, you know, one-on-one -on -one, uh, service, you know, probably 12 years ago now. And we started yeah. that in the whole system. Like, I just realized there's so much that I could do. And I just don't have to sit on my desk all day and wait for people to come and ask me a reference question. That's, that's what I found out from day one. Oh, yeah. I love and it. You kind of, you kind of yeah. touched on it a little bit, but one of the things that we wanted to talk to you a little bit about was the the resume review service and how now, you know, with, with people limited coming into the library, you've kind of taken that virtually now, right? And it's kind of, you're trying to reach out to yeah. more people. We're definitely doing that. Um, myself and a few other librarians spearheaded that. And um, we did, we had a lot of interest, more so when we were closed for those few months, people would send in their resumes for us to look at, of course. But I'm, I'm hoping that when we do open again, um, you know, to the public every day, we can set that up again at each branch, you know, right. because I know other librarians do it. And it's great because it's so good when you can actually sit next to somebody and talk and have a conversation and a dialogue and not just do it through email because you learn so much about a person just talking to them about their job history, what they want to do and, and getting a sense of, you know, who they really are off the paper. Um, so I really, really enjoy doing that, um, the one-on-one. -on -one. I can't wait to do it again. And I got so many comments and compliments about, about people writing to me, um, just thanking me. And they would come in and say, you know what, I got a job. And thank you because you really cleaned up my resume. I got a lot of and, – and, and that to me is so gratifying. And, and it, I love that part of this job, to feel like I'm making a difference. So I love doing the resume review. Thank you so much, Lisa. As always, I, I truly love talking with you, and I appreciate you taking the time out today to come on to Behind the Books. Keep doing what you're doing. I know that um, people appreciate your help. Now, this is great. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed um, talking to both of you and answering questions, and I'm here at the Ewing Branch. If anybody needs anything at all, resume advice, I love Reader's Advisory, anything and everything. I love being a jack-of-all-trades, so just Remember, we're here to help. Wonderfully said, Lisa. We'll see you around the library. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoyed that chat with Lisa. I know uh, it was very interesting, I thought, and I think, Anna, you agreed to hear kind of the way she made uh, working at the library into a second career. I also want to make sure that everybody knows that we do have a citation to her article that she wrote for Cosmopolitan um, in our show notes. If you want to go and take a look at that and read um, her article that she wrote about librarianship well before she even thought about being a librarian. Lisa talked about her love for books is what drew her to librarianship, but she really is involved with other aspects of working at the library. And one of those things is putting together programs. And I wanted to mention a few programs that were coming up uh, at the Mercer County Library System. Uh, we are starting a Monday meditation group, which meets at 4 p.m. And you can register for that on our website. Uh, also, in honor of Black History Month, we have a Black History Month trivia happening for teenagers, which is going to be at 3.30 on Thursday, 
the 4th of February. And that's another one that you can register for by going to our website. And then a special event that we have for children is we have Jammin' in Mr. Jim's studio, which is actually a special YouTube video that will go live on Saturday, February 6th at 9.30 in the morning. So we hope that you will take advantage of those programs and much more that you can find on our events page. And again, that's at mcl.org and you can find the events in the top menu of the website. And that YouTube channel has a lot of different things that people could, should go to to take a look at. I know we have uh, quite a few subscribers to it, but that's the kind of thing if you can't get into the branch like you were used to, there's a lot of interesting content on there, um, both for adults and for kids. There's um, author studies, there are virtual book displays. So if you were the kind of person that like to come in and kind of take a look and see what was due at the library, now we have that virtually where you can go on there and take a look at that. Um, the youth librarians do all kinds of different um, fun activities. Uh, they've got some, as I said, great author studies. There's book, even some one minute book reviews if you're wondering about what to read and a uh, also a middle grade book club that is on there. And of course we have to mention our, one of the new highlights, what's cooking at MCLS where you can find some uh, pretty impressive recipes. Done by amateur chefs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so keep all that in mind and we will be back with the next segment where we are gonna speak with author Dan Gutman in a moment. If you have children who read, it's very likely they've heard of today's author we're interviewing. Dan Gutman is the author of many books, including the series, The Genius Files and My Weird School. Your children have, may have actually seen him speak because he has made many school visits in our local school districts here in Mercer County. Also, New Jersey is his former stomping ground. He grew up in New Newark and he graduated from Rutgers University with a degree in psychology, which I think is so fascinating. So Dan Gutman, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very excited to talk with you. Oh, thanks for having me anytime. I was telling Bob that I could just kind of sit back and let you two chat because he is also a Rutgers grad and he's a big baseball fan, which you are a baseball fan as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. Not as much as people assume. I mean, I've written a lot of books about baseball, but I'm not obsessed with it or anything. I just <laughs> kind of saw it as something that like a lot of kids, a lot of boys in particular were into. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote about it. But also, it's my favorite game. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, I started to think about it. And when Bob and I were talking about interviewing you, um, we really, we both realized that we've experienced your books, not only by working at the library, but through our children. Um, I have a son in grade school who loves your flashback four series. And um, Bob has a son who is in graduate school, and he grew up reading the baseball card adventures. And so we were just thinking about this diverse, um, that your diverse writings and what you offer, you just are coming out, or it just came out, I think, earlier this month, your uh, first graphic novel, Mr. Corbett is in Orbit. And so I'm interested to know um, kind of your experience going from your quote unquote traditional writing to writing a graphic novel. Oh, I think part of it is that uh, I was never one of those authors who wanted to do the same kind of book all the time. 
like, you know, some people just write about sports or they just write about school or they just write about this. I get bored if I do the same thing all the time. So I've written like picture books for, for like kindergarten kids, like Rappy the Raptor. He's a rapping raptor who raps. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my weird school is for beginning readers who just want a silly story. Uh, the baseball card adventures are sort of like historical fiction. And uh, so I like to write about all different things. It kind of keeps me uh, interested in what I'm doing. And that pathway that you took to, you know, writing, you know, mainly for, for kids is, um, I know you started off writing kind of adult type stuff, and then it took you a while to realize that, that writing fiction for children was kind of where your, your calling was. A long time. Uh, I mean, you know, w when I was a kid, I, I wanted to be a photographer, first of all. And that was, I was, you know, I was the uh, photography editor of my high school yearbook in Newark, New Jersey. Um, and I love photography, but, you know, I wasn't really that good at expressing myself in that way. And when I went to Rutgers, uh, I don't know about you, Bob, but I took a, a bunch of uh, courses and the only one that interested me at all was psychology. So I majored in it. And I even went to graduate school at Rutgers in Newark for a couple of years. But I just, it wasn't for me. I, I knew right away it wasn't for me. And I decided that I was going to, you know, move to New York City and become a starving writer. That's what you do, you know. So I wrote for a long time for, for grownups about computers, uh, all nonfiction, uh, about baseball and stuff. And it wasn't until my son was born uh, in 1990, Sam, that I started reading a lot of children's books um, for the first time since I was a kid, reading with my son. And I thought, well, for one thing, I can do better than this. <laughs> and also, I just thought, let's try this. Nothing else is working, you know? So as soon as I started writing for kids, I felt, this is what I'm good at. This is what I should have been doing all along. So I, I switched over to writing for kids. And, and I'm really glad that I did because it is, I guess, my calling. And I have to, I have to let you know, as a librarian, um, when parents come in and they're having a hard time getting those, especially those emerging readers, those ones are, that are just going down to those um, smaller chapter books, the Weird School series, I mean, it is, it's a godsend. It really is. And it just hooks kids. And it's almost like the stepping stone for them to these um to more, to higher level reading, to reading more advanced books. So I just have to thank you as a librarian and working mm -hmm. with kids who, and their parents are so desperate. I just need something. And that's one of my go-tos all the time. I think it's because I personally, I didn't like to read when I was a kid. I thought reading was boring and hard to do. And um, my mother was worried about me. You know, she used to buy me comic books, hoping it would get me interested in reading and it didn't really work. And it wasn't until I was in about fourth grade or so uh, that I became a big sports fan. And suddenly I wanted to know everything about sports. So I had to read about it. And, and that's what got me interested in reading. And to this day, I think I relate really well to those kids who are reluctant readers because I was one of them and I know what bores them. So if I could start out a book with the sentence, you know, my name is AJ and I hate school. Well, there's a lot of kids out there who are gonna read that sentence and say, hey, that's like me, maybe this guy's talking to me, you know? And so I, I think that's probably the reason why My Weird School turned out to be the most successful thing I've ever done. It was interesting too, because I know you, you alluded to it earlier, you know, about taking a long time to find out, you know, wh what your calling was. And even, even to get that first book published, I, if people go to your website, 
um, which we were going to mention at one point. Um, you have a great story on there about the uh, how it took you three years and many rejections to get that Hannes and me um, book published. And uh, maybe just talk a little bit about that process. Just you know, once you figured out that that was what you wanted to do, and and kind of getting to that point. Yeah, I had just recently started writing children's books, and uh, you know, it just occurred to me that back then, more so than today, a lot of kids, and especially a lot of boys, collected baseball cards. And I also knew a lot of kids are fascinated by time travel stories. So I thought, you know, I could combine baseball cards with time travel and write a story about a kid who has the power to travel through time using a baseball card like a time machine. And I thought, whoa, I'm a genius. What a great idea. So I write the story about Hannes Wagner, who's, as you know, I'm sure, his baseball card is the most valuable baseball card in the world. And the kid goes on an adventure with Hannes Wagner. And uh, I thought it was great. It got rejected over 10 times uh, by different publishers. In fact, Scholastic rejected it twice. They, they rejected it once and they gave me some suggestions to rewrite it. And I took their suggestions and I rewrote it and I submitted it again and they rejected it again. <laughs> but I, I got my, I got my uh, revenge on Scholastic, by the way, because uh, after the book became successful, they bought the rights to sell it at their book clubs and book fairs. So nana and a boo-boo on them. <laughs> but uh, nobody, no, it got rejected over and over again. And finally, um, HarperCollins uh, uh, accepted it. And it led to uh, 11 sequels. Uh, it was made into a, a, a play. It was made into a TV movie. And uh, for a number of years, it was actually supporting me. <laughs> I have to ask you, what do you like to read? I mostly, interestingly, you know, I started out writing nonfiction and I kind of switched to writing fiction. I prefer to read nonfiction. I usually read biographies. Um, that's my favorite thing to read. I like to learn about famous people. I read the newspaper every day. I hardly ever read children's books, honestly. The nonfiction comes out in like the flashback four. I mean, that's that's something my my younger son, he just he is such a nonfiction fan. And yeah. um, and it's great because you, it incorporates the history with a fictional story. So it's, it's just this lovely combination. I like to blend fact and fiction together. And I do that in the baseball card adventures yes. as well. Did your son read all four of the flashback four books? Uh? He is starting the third one right now. OK, is that is that the Pompeii book? The Pompeii one, yes. Okay, good. Well, then the next one is the one where uh, <laughs> it takes place in the summer of 1804 uh, in Weehawken, New Jersey, when uh, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr had their famous duel on the cliffs there. See, everybody knows that Hamilton sh got shot and died, but nobody knows exactly what happened. You know, did Hamilton get off a shot, you know, or, or what exactly happened? Did he, did he shoot on purpose and miss? So I sent this time, I sent the kids back in time with a video camera to try and shoot a video of the duel in progress so that they could find out exactly what happened. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Again, just as a mother and as a librarian, I'm very appreciative for the writings that you put together. And I wanna thank you for spending time with Bob and I today. Um, it has been absolutely delightful. And uh, we wanna encourage all of our patrons to check out uh, Dan Gutman's books from the Mercer County Library System, mcl.org. And you can learn more about Dan Gutman at his website, which is 
dangutman.com. And people can also follow me on uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at dangutmanbooks. And uh, hey, you know, thanks to all the, the kids in, in Mercer County who've read my books and uh, the parents and teachers and librarians who have shared uh, my books with the kids. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dan. We look forward to seeing what, what comes uh, from your writings in the future. Welcome back everyone to our final segment. I want to thank Dan Gutman for taking the time to talk to us. That was a really interesting interview with Dan. And I also, I meant to point out to you, Anna, that I really like this new bumper music that you put in, in between our segments. I actually was listening to it on my way into work today and I had it stuck <laughs> in my head for like the first two hours. But anyway, I really want to thank, we really want to thank Dan for coming in and taking the time to, to talk to us. And, uh, that was an enjoyable time, I thought, talking to Dan Gutman. He was so lovely to talk with and um, just kind of hearing about his variety of, of what he likes to write about and how he likes to switch it up um, and not getting comfortable with doing the same thing over and over. Uh, I really did find that fascinating. And of course, my kids were just beside themselves that I got to talk with him Uh he is just, I mean, the fact that my kids even know his name, it just kind of shows what a prolific author he is. And, and to come up with that many different, uh, that's kind of my takeaway from this episode, just like the amount of creativity that must be locked inside that man's head to come up with all of these different things. Like, you know, you look through his books and you see the My Weird School books and, and then you just keep looking and there's like, you know, 30 of them and how you can just keep coming up with it. And everyone's different. Yes, he is very creative. And I was also um, impressed with the creativity that Lisa shared with us, um, just some of the things that she has done as a librarian, um, kind of looking around and seeing different programs and different services that she can bring to our patrons. I really related to her story about coming to librarianship just because it was also um, a second career choice for me. Uh, and just her pathway there and kind of the foreshadowing um, of her writing the article for Cosmopolitan and her uh, her love for books. Uh, she really, it's almost like it was a calling for her. And as she said, when she started, it's just as if the stars were aligned. So I was really, I always like hearing about how our colleagues get to the library. Yes, I think that is true. I enjoyed hearing uh, not only about Lisa's path and then also Dan, how he became a writer and uh, it was enjoyable talking to both of them today. And as always, this was another exciting time talking to people and, and getting the word out about our uh, what we have to offer here at the library. Bob, every time we have an interview scheduled or we have a, a time scheduled for us to talk for the podcast, I thoroughly enjoy it. And I do hope that all of our listeners are enjoying Behind the Books as well. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narosik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your host, are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk.